terrific to have you all here. So good evening again. I am Elena Kalinowska, Director of Public Programs and Education here at the Hirschhorn Museum. It is indeed my pleasure to welcome you tonight to our Meet the Artist with a truly extraordinary artist, Christo, who will discuss two of his works in progress, Over the River in Colorado and the Mastaba near Abu Dhabi. Christo's early work, Green Storefront, is currently on view in our Out of the Ordinary exhibition, wonderfully curated by Melissa Ho. Just a few acknowledgements. I would like to thank Kerry Brower, Chief Curator and Deputy Director, and indeed Hirschhorn's Director, Richard Koshalek and trustees, for their continued support of our public programs. Also, Assistant Curator Melissa Ha, Manager of Adult Programs Caroline Elliott, and Time-Based Media Coordinator Sarah Gordon for their invaluable effort behind this evening presentation. Let me quote Christo. In the end, always, I like to do things which look curious but beautiful. Please join me in welcoming Christo. Uh, uh, thank you. Before, um, uh, I always, uh, we have this type of meeting, thinking that Jean-Claude is not with me, and try to remember uh, what she was saying. And of course, she was always saying that myself and Jean-Claude were born on 13th of June, 1935. Be sure, by two different mothers. <laughs> uh, I met, I met Jean-Claude in 1958 in Paris, and we lived uh, with Jean-Claude between 58 and 64 in Paris, and we immigrated to the United States in 1964. Jean-Claude, no, 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 we don't immigrate to the United States, we immigrated to New York City in 1964. <laughs> and we're living actually in the same place 19, since 1964, the same building, now almost 49 years. And we're using all that building. now. Tonight I will show you the 80 color slides of the two works in progress, the Over the River, the project for Arkansas River in Colorado, and the Mastava project for United Arab Emirates. There will be 80 color slides. I will talk, try to talk faster, I articulate properly, and, and hopefully that will be 30 minutes. And after these 30 minutes, I come here up and answer all kind of questions. But I will not answer questions about politics, <laughs> religion, is certainly not about other artists. <laughs> now I go down to sit and answer questions. Yeah, the slides. In 1991, we're just finishing the Umbrellas, joint project for Japan and United States. There was 1,340 blue umbrella in the state of Ibaraki, north of Tokyo, and 1,760 yellow umbrella and Southern California and Los Angeles and Kern County. Each umbrella was 20 feet tall, 29 feet diameter. The length of the project in Japan was the 12 miles long and two and a half miles wide. 90 umbrellas were standing in the Sato River in Ibaraki. And the length of the project in California was 19 miles long and two and a half miles wide. Now, many, many years before we have idea of the umbrella, we start to work on project involving the wrapping the former parliament and today the parliament of Germany, the Reichstag. That project started in 1971 
and through the years, the three times was refused to permission, in 1977, in 1981, and 1987. When the yellow umbrella in California, blue umbrellas in Japan were standing, we received a letter from the Speaker of the House of German Parliament, Professor Dr. Rita Sussmund, congratulating us for the umbrellas, saying that probably is now the last chance to get permission for the Reichstag. Jean-Claude and myself was very excited, but we already have idea about new project. <laughs> and that was the project for over there. You see this, even the title was wrong. This is a little drawing, eight and a half by 11 inches, to suspend horizontal fabric panels that you can see from above. I glue a little person here, and you see from above, you go down to the river, you experience from underneath. And this is the proposal, actually these two little sketches, very old sketches, belong to the National Gallery of Washington collection. But the chance for gain permission for the rice that was so great, this is why between 92 and 93 and 94, we spent 180 days in the capital of Germany, that time city of Bonn, uh, lobbying 660 deputies of the German parliament. Only during the summertime, when they're in um, holidays, we have time for our river project. Jean-Claude had enough of the city of Bonn, it's a very small city, boring city, and we decided to do the the over-the-river project in the United States. Most of the great river in the United States, they're born in the Rocky Mountains. In the summer of 94, 93, 94, we travel 20,000 20, miles investigating 89 rivers in the state of Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, and all the Rocky Mountains, Idaho. From these 89 rivers, we find six possible sites for our project. There was a two river in the state of Idaho, section of Piat River, a section of the Wind, uh, of the uh, Salmon River. In the state of Wyoming, there was a section of Wind River. In the state of Colorado, eastern slope of the Rocky Mountains, we have a two possible sites, Cache Poudre River north of Denver and south Arkansas River, a section of Rio Grande. Now, with us traveling, our friend, photographer, who is here, Wolfgang Wolf, is taking pictures, and I start to use a photograph of Wolfie designing this little study, 11, 14 by 11 inches. You see that how the project should be seen from above, and I'm standing there to give you the scale. Finally, in 1994, in February, we get permission for the wrapping of the rice stack. We stop to work on any project. We put, put all our energy, effort, and the summer of 1995, rice stack was wrapped with one million square feet of the, this silver color fabric and 10 miles of blue ropes. Why the fox coming? Fox is coming, coming, focus. Over, over. I'm sorry. Machines aren't working very fast. Oh, okay. Uh, and the two weeks, over five million people come to see the rice stack. Uh, uh, and, and, and after this, two weeks of exhibition, all the material, the fabric, ropes, and steel was uh, removed and industrially recycled. Many years before we, the rice stack was realized, we <coughs> have project for New York City, the gates, 1979 who was refused by coach administration in 81. After the rice tech, we tried to reviving the permitting process, but there's no way 
that Giuliani we give, was not interested in our project for the gates. We have no sites for over the river. And we return now to the sites of our river with our chief engineer, Vince Davenport, here in the middle. We try to, make, to take a lot of measurements of all these six rivers to finalize, decided what river aesthetically, engineering-wise, most suitable. Now here, yellow rope that Vince designed is to, we need to have a clearance at least 96 inches, 96 inches from the water, and this is why we need to measure our yellow rope, simulate the steel cables that the fabric will be attached. For example, here you have a three yellow ropes, created the space for two fabric panels, and through all these six rivers, we go, we take a lot of information and data, and finally, in late 96, early 97, we term consensus to consensus for aesthetical purposes, engineering purposes, construction purposes that Arkansas River in the state of Colorado is most suitable for the project. Now, this is section of state of Colorado. Up is the Denver. Okay, focus. Uh, upper right corner is the capital of Colorado Denver, the second large city, Colorado Spring, and the project is situated two hours from Denver east entrance and one hour from Colorado Spring east entrance, running 42 miles east-west, is uh, start near the Canyon City and east entrance, and the west entrance start near the town of Salida, is about two and a half hours from Aspen. Having the, uh, the, the project decided, I start to do drawing and study with the real situation. For example, here's the Kular. Here's the how Arkansas River looked during the summertime. One of the reasons we choose Arkansas River is because it is the most rafted river in the United States. Gentle rafting, raft, uh, rafting. You have a category two and three occasion category three, and the south bank of the river have Highway 50, and the north bank of the river have Union Pacific Railroad tracks. Jean-Claude loved to have the railroad tracks, and that will help us tremendously to move materials and workers in the north bank of the river. Being also the southern part of Colorado, is have not so much vegetation. Driving on the road, you can see the very easily the project from the Highway 50. Having with the real size, I start to do the original study, preparatory sketches, this is typical. The real work is 13 and a half by 26 inches, 13 and a half by 12 inches, is work in two parts. I have a fabric, of course, the fabric of the panels is very fine fabric, typical interruption for the uh, vegetation and rock formation. And when you have an interruption, we have these diagonal cables that uh, the fabric will be attached. Now, this particular preparatory study from 80, I think 80, 93, is the private collection in Europe. Now, we go down underneath, it's totally different vision. Now, the fabric we use is very heavy woven polypropylene, but actually through the fabric, you can see the cloud formation and contour of the mountains. Now, the width of the fabric varied with the width of the water, meaning that the fabric panels, they are not identical. Sometimes they are 45 feet wide, sometimes they are 150 feet wide because the water is wider. The steel cables go much further away, anchor of the banks of the river. Because the banks, they are not on the same height, often the fabric panels, they are inclined. From cable to cable is 35 feet. The distance from the water to the fabric is minimum 96 inches, but on some occasion is going to 10 feet or 15 feet higher. Now, the, all the story of all our project is how who owns the place. 
They know one square meters in the world do not belong to somebody. <laughs> and we very soon understand that almost entire uh, length of the project, which is 42 miles, is owned by United States federal government and Washington Department of Interior. <laughs> but before arriving, and this is in the 90s, before arriving in, in, in Washington during the Clinton administration, we need to introduce the project to the community live there, the town of Salida, the seventh town in the valley, and the canyon city. Now here, we're in the citizen uh, center of the town of Salido, and Jean-Claude and myself, we put on the wall previous photographs, previous project, we tried to introduce ourselves, who we are, and what we intend to do. Now, for example, we tell that in 1969, we wrapped coastline in Australia. One and a half million square feet of fabric, over one and a half miles of fabric, using 30 miles of rope outside of Sydney, Australia. In 1972, we hung a huge orange curtain at the sides of span of the Brooklyn Bridge in the uh, western slope of the Rocky Mountains and Rifle, Colorado. And between 1972 and 76, we were working in Northern California, installing 18 feet tall, 24 and a half miles fence and Sonoma and Marin County and western extremity of the fence disappearing and Pacific Ocean for the quarter of a mile. And finally, in 1978, we did this project called the Rub Walkway, where we covered two and a half miles walkway in Loose Park, Kansas City, Missouri. It's coming in focus. Coming in focus. We have a little problem with focus. And the gorgeous late September foliage of the trees tried to match the golden fabric of the walkways. And in 1983, we realized they surrounded island. And that project is Jean-Claude's idea. We surrounded 11 islands with six and a half million square feet of floating pink fabric. No, leave it, okay. Uh, uh, the fabric was attached on the beach area of the islands, uh, going uh, 220 feet floating on the surface of the water, ending with this octagon-shaped uh, boom all around the islands. It's the smack of Dade County. Two million people living around these islands can be seen from above, from the coastway, by the boats is actually very near the apartment houses. And finally, after 10 years' work and two refusals, in 1985, we wrap all this bridge in Paris, the Pont Neuf, with this champagne color fabric, and beautiful end of the day, end of September, early October, uh, uh, light and sunny days. In 1998, we wrap 178 tree and Berover Park in Fundacion Bayer. Actually, this project started from the mid-60s that we tried to do that wrapping of the tree on, uh, in the uh, Forest Park of San Luis, Missouri, finally, where I've, and Berover Park and near Basel. We have a sunny days. We have a, a, a snow. This is color pictures. And we have a sunset. And now, from, uh, from there, we are going to Canyon City when we're project, presenting the project community there. Our team is in the left side, and all the officials with the Thai, the federal government, highway department, state parks, and different organizations. That is all happened in the late 90s, and finally we are now in the, the, Washington during the Clinton administration to the, to the BLM director, Tim Fry, presenting the project and moving the project ahead. It was very important that all the work between the federal government and the local agency happened simultaneously. For example, a typical meeting at this year's, and the left side is our team, and the right side is all the federal, state, different agency, discussing that everything should work simultaneously. But there are many things need to be pulled to, to the 
get the permission, we need to produce many, many information. For example, here you see that is a wind tunnel test and uh, outside of Toronto, Canada, an RWDI, one of the greatest engineering company. This is one sixteenth scale of three fabric panels that we need to have the force of the wind, a cable and the anchors and the hooks and all that was advancing to that time. But all our project also their unique image. We never do the same things again. Jean-Claude and myself, we cannot <coughs> We cannot decide how the project will be built in the studio. I make drawings in New York, Manhattan. But we need to do life size tests at a one-to-one -one scale. And the private ranch, far away from the uh, sites of Colorado, near the Colorado-Wyoming border, our engineers and myself and Jean-Claude start to work to final exact fabric, exact material, how the fabric will be folded. Here's view from above how the, uh, what kind of, uh, is the color is not a real silver color. Actually, we pulverize the real aluminum over the fabric to have this incredible brilliant color. The first panel is mixed between copper and silver. The second panel is only silver. And this is the view from underneath. This is how the fabric can be see. Actually, to give you the scale, the next color slides, you see Jean-Claude standing to give you the scope of that project. Now, what we are doing, we're using 42 uh, miles of Arkansas River to install six miles of fabric panels and eight different locations. But we need to pinpoint all these locations. And the summer of 2000, our team, a big number, start to walk to the site, and I will show you what we need to do, what it was doing. For example, Perfect example. We have these huge maps that one inch is the about 50 feet. Uh, you see the fabric panel, they were all rectangular, but the width of the fabric panels changed with the width of the water. The red line is the steel cable go much further away. When the river turned, we need to fabricate these specially trapezoid fabric panels. There are over a thousand panels, all costume made for all different eight locations. Typical interruption when you have a bridge line, bridge here. All that costs cost a lot of money. Jean-Claude and myself, we are not independently wealthy, and the money comes only from the sale of original works of art I do with my own hand. All the works of art I do, they are done by my own hand. I do not have a system. Now I wish to show you color slide of my studio on the fifth floor in Manhattan. <laughs> For many years I have no time to change it. It's not changed. That is the, during the rice tech time, but it's still the same. And the, that little table, usually I do the small works and paper. They're called collages, in French meaning that I glue things. Collage is gluing. And when that is finishing, looking like that. This is a preparatory study for the Pont project. The left side is the 30.5 by 26 inches. I use pencil, charcoal, pastel, wax crayon. I use finer cloth to simulate the fabric of the Pont Neuf, twine to simulate the ropes. The right side, you have a section of Paris, where in the point of situated, actually the island of the city, Notre Dame, reproduction of the uh, uh, drawings, the architect, the Marchand de Cerceau, who designed the point of uh, Louis, the fifth, uh, Louis the Fifth and uh, Henry the Fourth. And of course, that particular collage preparatory study is in the collection in Belgium. This is another study in the same site for the um, uh, Gates project, actually done much closer to the project, I think 2003, because upper part, you have already the real sample for the fabric we use for the gates panels. And this is finer fabric. I cut out the board and I make the folds and draw. And this is section up is the map of Central Park. Actually, when you have a 
orange line full, each gate is a par um, and, uh, 12 feet apart, but when you have a branches of the tree, you know, the gates, they interrupted more. I do also, using a lot of photography of Wolfgang Voss, for example, a little study here, of eight and a half by 11 inches, Wolfie tech pictures of the east, uh, west entrance of the gates of uh, the river project, and I use a wax crayon and uh, enamel paint, and that little study, this type of little study helped me to do the larger drawings. You see the grid, red line, now, when I do the large drawings, I put the paper, a wooden board. This is another part of my studio, not yet repaired, it's still not repaired. I do the study uh, of, of the rice tech project. My hair is still darker there. <laughs> and and uh, when the drawing is done, it's looking like that. This is the medium sized drawing, 42 by 65 inches. The lower part, then pastel, charcoals, wax crayon. The upper part. <coughs> is 15 inches by 65 inches. I have a cross section of the Reistek building with a photograph of Wolfgang from 1970 from the Brandenburg gates in the Reistek. That medium drawings in the collection in Berlin. The largest drawings, the 96 inches drawings, this typical drawing study for the blue umbrellas in Japan. And the left side, you have an entire valley of Ibaraki with 1,340 blue dots. And the, fall, and the upper northern part of, the, uh, of that valley and Jimba, and the village will have 35 houses. We stole over 100 umbrellas. The umbrellas that height of two-story houses. That, media, that large drawing is the collection in Switzerland. Now, the collectors or the potential buyers, they come to our place and from my fifth studio floor, I bring this our second floor, who is our living room, when the people come to buy works. Now, they choose works, they give us money, and they take the bus. This is how we have money. I hope you understand. There are no any illusion. Sometimes the collectors like to buy early pieces. For example, I saw here a package of 1961. It's more that color slice. That package is now in the collection of the National Gallery of Washington. And of course, some also, you will see storefronts. I did it, who is right here in the museum in 1964. The storefronts I did it from this hall. It's on the same floor. Yeah, it's on that floor here. That, uh, that work is now just exhibited. Now, the storefront, so show window there, was done between 1963 and 67. Actually, that storefront was done at Chelsea Hotel <laughs> in New York for the exhibition group show at Leo Castelli in uh, May of 1964. And uh, they're like a precursor, actually, to the these vertical walls, precursor of the running fence in Valleycourt, and you see the fabric hanging vertically, cannot see in behind that. In 1958, in Paris, I started to work with barrels. This is a sculpture I still own, where I collect industrial barrels with these bright colors and used barrels, and some of the barrels was wrapped with this fabric in lacquer, and some barrels was tip and that is put together. Together is a sculpture. In night, for example, the same type of standing sculptures is in the museum of Rijksmuseum Kroller Müller and Otello, who is actually the biggest uh, European museum of early works of mine in their collection. That is the uh, early 60s. And in 1962, we did the first, the second uh, outdoor installation, Jean-Claude and myself, the Iron Curtain, a wall of 400 barrels and a left bank in Paris and Rivers County. A year before, in 1961, 
of August, the Berlin Wall was built, and this is why this project was called Iron Curtain, like poetical response to the Berlin Wall. And I think uh, mid-60s, also, I, when I, st I, stuck, I stuck barrels vertically, I stuck barrels horizontally. Now, for example, sculpture in the Museum of Milano, when you stack barrels horizontally, these smaller size barrels, it created sculpture, actually it's called Mastaba, because the, that is the, have a two slanted wall and trunked top, and of course the, the angle is always 60 degrees, the cylindrical object. And I, this is a sculpture from mid-60s, and 1967, 68, we tried to propose to do large, large Mastaba, between Houston and Galveston, much smaller than the Mastaba of Abu Dhabi. We don't go not anywhere. And finally, in 1978, uh, 79, we proposed the Mastaba of Abu Dhabi. Now, this is the same type of barrel stuck horizontally. It's the really huge structure with the height of 500 feet tall, the vertical wall, 1,000 feet vertical wall on the ground, and 750 feet vertical on the center side. In 1979, Jean-Claude Marcel built scale model. I will say here, you see the, the vertical wall have these multicolored barrels. Actually, each vertical wall have 110,000 barrels, not pattern of multicolored. This is really, literally, like impressionist painting. I painted all these little barrels completely irrationally. The slanted wall, the slanted wall is 60 degree, is the barrels, the longer size. They, the barrels have a ribs, the, the, the end of the barrels is orange color, and the center of the barrels is yellow. Now, using that scale model, we did that photo montage, you give it the scale of the master bar uh, with the frontal bar. In 1979, 1979, that nobody knows where is Abu Dhabi, Jean-Claude and myself, we arrived in Abu Dhabi, in presenting the project to the Minister of the Culture in Abu Dhabi, and behind us the portrait of Sheikh Zayed al-Nahayan, the founder of United Arab Emirates, and the Sheikh of Abu Dhabi is almost like a George Washington of United Arab Emirates, and from there we start to scouting site for the project inland. The project always was designed to be inland because the the, the inland is really the great marvelous outdoor desert called the empty quarter with a spectacular color of sand. And here we're collecting the sand, we're using Jean-Claude for the scale model. Here, for example, we're presenting the lecture in the library in Abu Dhabi. This all in the late, early 70s, early 80s. And finally, this is one of the last pictures in 1983 in Abu Dhabi in the site of the project. In 1999, in Museum in Germany, called Oberhausen, we built a wall of 13,000 oil barrels. This wall is like an like atrium, who is the, uh, 300 feet height and 150 feet diameter. And that atrium, the, that diameter wall was closing. It was the 20, uh, 220 feet long, uh, 27, 68 feet high, and 21 uh, feet in depth. Now, many years before, I remember I was telling you that in 1979 we tried to do the Gates project in New York City. We never get any chance to move the project to, to first to the uh, Dinkins administration, Julian administration. And by the incredible chance, friend of ours for many years, in 2001, Michael R. Bloomberg was elected. And when Mr. Bloomberg was elected mayor of New York City, Jean-Claude Day, now we stopped everything, put all the energy, 
and go ahead get the permission. And finally, we get the permission in 2002, and all the years between 2002 to 2005, we spent preparation and installation of the gates on February of 2005. We installed 7,503 gates and the 23 miles walkway and Central Park. There was the 25 different width of the gates. There was the 16 feet tall, and of course, on these 16 days and late February, we have a sunny days, we have a winter days, and this is a view from above the gates. After 14, 16 days of exhibition of 2005, uh, we remove all the materials, all the materials are industrially recycled, and we return back to the over the river and the Bastaba. Uh, now, the Jean Claude decided we should localize the sites of the project. And see here, Jean Claude with Vladimir, who is right here in the auditorium, walking in the sites of the proposed sites for the Mastava project, who is 130 miles south from Abu Dhabi, and this gorgeous landscape. The map is here, little circle down there where the project is situated. Now, the project. In 1980, the project was loosely engineered, engineered by, a little bit engineered by, by American engineers, but when the project advanced very much in the stage to be, to be done, to be built, we need to find how the project would engineer. And what Jean-Claude was clever, she uh, commissioned a study one of the, to the one of the greatest engineering school, four of the greatest engineering school around the world, of professor and their assistant with not knowing each other their commissions. And we hired the engineers and the professor, the assistant of the Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich. We hire, we hire a professor engineer of the Institute of the University of Cambridge, United Kingdom, of a professor engineer Institute of the University of Champagne, Illinois, and professor of engineering institute of Hosei University in Tokyo, Japan. Now here's a picture of Jean Claude, myself, and, and Masa and friend, and, and we're talking with the professor Sazaki, professor Ando, who each of these team of professors, they need to find solution how to build a project, how long time it would take, how we cost, and all the many, many stages of that project, and how any, many parts. We bought all this study, from all these diff four different teams, but we are not engineers ourselves. Uh, we submitted this study to the very great authority of engineering, Professor Schleich, who is the professor in Stuttgart, Berlin, to review all this fourth study. And we already were so excited, and of course, Professor Schleich also was very excited by the concept of Professor Sasaki, Professor Ando, University, Hosei University of Tokyo. Now, Professor Sasaki, Professor Ando was saying, one of the big problems of that project is that we need to install 410,000 things in very special order until it will be thought very difficult to do that on vertical walls, like a skyscraper building, putting these barrels will be obnoxious job, very tedious, very complicated. Professor Sasaki said, let's flattening the entire project flat, meaning that our must have a project have a five different geometric form. Have a two trapezoid and two rectangular, four, three rectangular form, two slanted side and the roof. Now, all that is flattening on the ground. Of course, it's not flattening on the ground. It's sitting is like a huge, uh, like a bridge truss, 35 feet high truss sitting on 1,000 railroad tracks. 
In the middle of the roof, Professor Zazaki, we built 500 feet tall, 10 like air control towers. And now the workers, we install these barrels like a mosaic in the floor. They will walk and then we install the barrels like a Byzantine mosaic on the floor. When all that is installed, entire project will be elevated hydraulically in four to five days. And this is what will happen. And this is why we're now we explain that. Now, from, from there, we're returning now to over the river. I tell you, the over the river project was a long story. He don't write letter to the United States federal government to give you permission. You need to hire a company to prepare that planning in the science report. That company is paid by us, hire, and they produce 2,029 page. This is the mastaba before that. This is the mastaba compared of pyramid of Cheops. <laughs> See this pyramid of Cheops, that is the master. Okay, the company prepared 2029-page book. This is called Planning and Design Report, delivered to the BLM, Department of Interior, Department of Interior Office, and using that book, that department we give us permission or review. Department say, of course, these people who work to produce 2029-page book. You pay them. They're engineer, traffic specialists, wildlife specialists, but they're paid by you. Now we hire independent company that you cannot talk to them, you cannot invite them for dinner. You pay them via us, we cannot talk to them, and that company work very hard and another two and a half million dollars, they produce environmental impact statement. 1,686 pages. Now, that environmental impact statement is the, the, uh, the, the material that the federal government will make, a, make the record of decision. It is not use permission, it's called the record of decision. We work very hard, very closely with the Department of Interior, with the, introducing over 100 mitigation to alleviate many difficulties and traffic congestion, wildlife, and many things. And finally, on November 2011, the Secretary of Interior, Ken Salazar, announcing that the National Gallery of Washington, that we get permission to build the, over the river. To finish that, <laughs> and to finish that lecture, I will show three drawings about the one of the, ah, this is the master bar. I forget it. Now we are, now here we are with the Sheikh Hamdan, Bin Zaid Al Nahayan, is the rural representative of our project in the uh, Abu Dhabi, principal. Rural representative of Western. Yeah, rural representative of Western region of our project, the brother of the Crown Prince, who are uh, directly involved with the permitting process of our project. This is just a month ago, or a year ago, in Abu Dhabi. And now the drawings for the, this is a typical view of over the river drawings when you have a fabric panel very much inclined. You see how big between highway and the railroad tracks. View from underneath here, and the view of the Mastaba. Thank you very much. I, I will try to talk very fast because I am asked to finish very weak, very strong. This is why, if you don't understand my very fast speaking process, I will say again. I was probably talking too fast. Uh, 
you know, this is the story of these two projects, and if you'd like to have more, I'm here to answer questions. And, uh, who have a question? Okay. Hi, first of all, thank you so much for coming. This is a real treat. Um, I was just wondering to what extent you take into consideration the weather that will, um, and how it will affect your projects, especially with over the river, um, with the wrapping of the trees and the buildings, do you think about whether you'll have rain or snow, um, or do you just wait and see how the, how the fabrics interact and how the project is affected? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, all this uh, temporary um, project there, some on rural space, some on urban space. You know, like the gates is urban, the rice stack on earth, the urban, the rural space like the umbrellas, running fence. Of course, they all design with a particular time of the year. For example, Surrounded Island was designed to be the spring project before the hurricane in Miami came in the summertime. <laughs> The, uh, the, the Gates project was designed to be a winter project to have a leafless tree that you can see to the leafless tree, the Gates. During the summertime, Central Park is like a forest. You cannot see it anywhere far away. And over the river project is the summer project because it's designed to be seen two ways. It would take you one and a half hour driving on Highway 50 to see the project from above. And we take you four hours to go inside the project to see it from underneath. And of course, these four hours, uh, because state of Colorado is the Arkansas River is so much visited, state of Colorado created a lot of stopping area. The people who take the boat they can stop picnicking, continues down. And because it's so gentle, you can even do not know how to raft. You can take raft like a taxi to take you down to the to the river. You need only a, a, a safety jacket. And this is why we. This, this, this uh, Arkansas River project is so suitable, the site is so suitable for work. Each project is designed like well, umbrella was for the autumn project, you know, each is designed on different type of the year. I'm right here. Oh, okay, right. okay, lucky. okay. Uh, you sort of answered half my question. Um, I was looking at the Over the River project and thinking that the best way to see it would be to actually, instead of a car, ride a bike on the highway one direction and then take a raft down the other direction. Yeah, exactly. What what's, uh, we try to do, because the, for one of the many mitigation of that project and our BLM people, they're right here. <laughs> uh, was that the over 100 mitigation. We talk, one of the big issues of over the river project is the traffic. Is the, is the highway 50, but in the canyon is have only two lines, and few occasions, three lines. And the idea is that the highway department in the exhibition, okay, the first date for the project is the, put it that way. First, we should put, specific the date. The over the river is the summer project. We ask permission to exhibit the project for two weeks, the first two weeks of August in the summer. Meaning that there will be summertime when the people will go to see the project. And when we drive from east to west, you are really to the, near the fabric panels. And this is why it would be ideal that you will see from a bus driving east to west, because from the west to east, you will have the other line there. And uh, the highway department of Colorado, of course, will be reduce the speed on this eight location to 30 miles, and many of the community who is protesting the project there is basically it will make inconvenience, and of course the truckers they will be uh, advised to take alternative road to, to that period of time, but also 
to elevate it in necessary traffic uh, uh, um, um, and the, and the highway, we would prefer that the people leave their car in the east entrance of the project. The ski, uh, uh, Aspen ski company, who have so many buses idle, they love to have the job to bus the people around the river to the west entrance of the project, and the west entrance of the project, the people would take the raft, would go down to the river, and they recuperated their cars in the east end of the project. This is part of all this mitigation we have for the project. This is why it's designed. And this eight area, when you see the fabric panel, the speed limit will be low, 35 or 30 miles is the highway department decision, but they can handle, Colorado Highway Department, they can handle everything, this is no problem. Right? <laughs> yeah, the other question. Yeah, is there? Hi. Mom, the um, lady can give the microphone. Okay. Sorry. I can hand it to her next. Okay. Um, thank you. You do such amazing work that's so inspiring, and it's uh, fun to experience. I get to go to the Gates project, and it was uh, you sort of hear about it, and then you go and you walk through it, and you're like, oh my God, this is life changing. So thank you very much for that. I'm curious, what, what starts a project for you? You deal with such huge scale and these kind of you know very simple ideas of cover a river. Okay, great. But then. You know, it's it's this grand projects that sort of give us this crazy sense of scale. What starts it? Art project. You understand? Uh, this is art question, but I try to longly, careful answer that question. You know, you know the painting is flat, that like that wall. The painting is always flat, and the sculpture is something like that. You know three-dimensional thing that the uh, Swiss sculptor Giacometti, very skinny, he can go all around, <laughs> but you need to move around, and that is called sculpture space. It can be bigger, can be very big, like the sculpture of Calder, you can walk inside, but all that space is designed by the artist. He decided how to put that space, how this is the normal, traditional architect, uh, 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 sculpture space. Even today, with young artists make installation, this is, but they, Artists decided space. When they put television here, put some object here, this is how they decided. That is the typical, traditional, three-dimensional space. Now, there another space where very little thinking about. You go out of your home, you start to walk on the sidewalk. Somebody designed the sidewalk. He crossed the street, he have a red and green light. Somebody decided to do that. He take car, he drive on the road, and you drive on space totally designed by urban planner with so many jurisdictions, actually 24 hours around the clock where funnel to highly regulated space designed by the variety of people doing all kinds of things. Now Jean-Claude always saying, what we like to do, to borrow that space and create gentle disturbance. <laughs> Basically, when we borrow that space, we inherit so many things who they inherit to that space. We don't invent the politics is in the Reichstag, the real Reichstag. We don't invent ecology in Biscayne Bay, worse than the real water of Biscayne Bay. Now, when we start over the river project in 1992, I have a slightest idea what the project is. Now, the project is over 20 years, going through huge amount of discussion, and what's happened? Imagine, we are the, probably the only artists in the world, people write thousands of thousands of pages against and for, for the work of art who do not exist. <laughs> 
Imagine how many pages they are written, how many people try to stop us, how many people try to help us. And of course, all that is called the software period of our work. This is why we don't do commission. This is why we do all this project. They develop their identity to the permitting process. We don't know slightest idea how it was difficult to get permission for the rice stack when we start. The same thing for the pond, for the umbrellas. I can tell you a thousand stories. And this is why each project is like this enormous expedition. And through the software period, the project, because the work do not exist, exists only in the drawings and plans and the mind of thousand people to try to help us, and then mind of thousand people who try to stop us. Uh, and of course, uh, that created participatory public who visualize how the thing will be awful, how the thing will be beautiful, irrelevant. They thinking about the thing. And of course, this is something you cannot buy, cannot invent it, cannot organize. And that is the, that very rich, outdoor, complex space used by the people. This is what all this project, they and then that space. And rural space where the people live, you can see very often, we never do project in a place that Nobody exists. In the rural area, we need to have a project, not only, only, not only because we like to have people, for the scale. We need to have a telephone pole, we need to have a house, we have a road to see how big, how wide, how tall is the, and the wilderness, you can have no any sense of that. This is why all these projects, they are done in rural space where the people live in villages and towns, or the urban space, like the gates at Central Park or Miami project, or the Pond of. This is how this project, and of course they have a lot of similarity of many things. They have a similarity of painting, like surrounded tower. There is a similarity of sculpture, like a rap coast in Australia. But they have similarity of architecture, and have a similarity of urban planning. Actually, installation of 3,100 umbrellas is like to building houses, two-story houses in the valley. I can tell you how it's true. In Japan, we have a hell of a problem to get permission to give it the space also. And California, with that 26 ranches, a 19 miles area, California, and two counties. And Japan, we have a three county and 469 rice field farmers. The youngest was 65, the oldest 92. <laughs> now, now, the story, the, that project was like a diptych, like painting and two parts, but instead to add the work of art, Big work of Anna, two parts, to highlight the similarity, difference between the two richest countries in the world at that time. And the 20, in the California, when we have only 26 ranchers and the highway department, state of California, two county, the biggest problem was the ranchers. Not the state of California, not Colorado, the highway department, who allow us to install 35 umbrellas in the middle of most the busiest highway in America, Interstate 5 going to Central Valley. But we have a hell of a problem with the ranchers in California. And Japan, a country, we have a no problem with the Japanese rice field farmer, except Jean-Claude was saying, we need to drink 6,000 cups of green tea, talking to them. <laughs> but we have a hell of a problem with the central government in Tokyo, Ministry of Construction. You cannot believe it. We need to do so many studies, and finally, the, they try to find it, what umbrella look like that. And finally, they give us permission to install 1,340 houses. They got it better than anybody else. Basically, we're building a roof with our walls. <laughs> and this is why they try to fit it, the permitting process of something they can give permission, build houses. 
and this is, this is why we do this project. By the way, I can tell you, this is also in the art world. When we did the Reistek project, the first journalist sent by New York Times was not art critic. They sent architectural critic because the rap Reistek was typed different of architecture. I was yes. fortunate to be in New York when the Gates was going on, and every time I was up in Central Park, it seemed like you and Jean-Claude were driving around, uh, experiencing the wonder that we were all feeling uh, while enjoying your art. Yes. Do you try to do that and stay on and, and see normal people's um, happiness from having fa, experienced your fa. art? <laughs> no. Uh, one thing you should understand. We work in this project so long time. Jean-Claude Mendes spent a thousand miles working on this project. And often when the project is realized, we say to our friends, we do not see anybody during daytime. We like to be with our baby. Of course, and the countryside is easier because it's very vast, we can walk. But in Berlin and Paris and Central Park was very difficult. This is why we like to be in Central Park all the time, see the project in different time of the days, different a section of the project. This is, we have short time of 60 days, 16 days in Central Park to experience the project, but this is exactly every time when we realize a project, we don't see any friends except in the evening when it's dark. We try to be with our, you know, the, for the umbrellas, we walk so much to position the place each umbrella. And I walk so much. I like to go all these places to see how they're looking for that place, to that place, and it was a pleasure to go around. Okay, other questions? Yes. Hi. Um, it's an honor to meet you, and I've been saving a question, so I'm going to awkwardly read off my phone for you. Too um, fast, too, not too fast. You, okay. Um, in Paul Rudnick's play, Crafty, the main character visits the gates after losing her son to AIDS. I don't and she looks up at the gates and says, does this installation and all this orange fabric, does it make people feel better? So my question to you is, do you ever view your art as a form of catharsis? Every, do you want to view your art as a form of catharsis to make people feel better? Uh, look, uh, Jean-Claude, I will say, any interpretation of our project is legitimate. <laughs> really. <laughs> I cannot. I, I can tell you, I can tell you a lovely story about the umbrellas. And umbrellas, you know, the umbrella was standing 20 feet tall, but we designed a special base for the umbrellas that the people can picnic in and the umbrellas because the umbrella was in town and villages near the gas station, near the temple, near the church, near the post office. And in America and California, the people was driving, they kept coming with their blankets, they put uh, picnicking and they're eating and the, uh, picnicking in the umbrellas. In Japan, they did something but something we never think about that. You know, it was the, about eight, uh, 18 inches tall base, quite larger. In Japan, they removed their shoes and they start to walk on that base because in Japan, you don't walk with shoes at, at home. <laughs> and this is something how this project absorbs all kind of interpretation. We never know, but that is the part of the work far. Yes. Hi. Um, it's been pointed out, and I've noticed that. Well, your projects over the years, um, the ones that take place in the United States have typically involved the landscape, the, the Biscayne Bay and the gates in Central Park and now over the river, whereas the ones um, in Europe have been monuments and buildings. And um, I wonder if th there's something about the American landscape or nature um, or how you think your art has changed maybe since immigrating here. Just any thoughts on that? 
No, but, uh, uh, you know, they are still the Gates project is an urban project. Yeah, the, uh, even Miami project is urban project. You know, the story is that each project has his own story, but I can. Uh, uh, it's not. It's not like that. Each project has its own. Um, uh, the story of the Gates is one. The story of Miami is another. The story of the Rastic another. But I tell you the story of the Gates because that is linked that when we immigrated to the United States, I was not first involved with the Gates. This is 1964. We come with SS France and from the Verrazano Bridge was not yet built entirely. I saw the downtown Manhattan. I never see the skyscrapers so tall. And the first proposal was to wrap two lower Manhattan buildings, number two Broadway, number 20 Exchange Place. We never get permission. 1964, 66, I did scale models, drawings, etc. And of course, still very excited by the urban space in New York City. And the, the, after that, we tried to wrap number one Times Square. That time was Allied Chemical Corporation. Also, we never get permission. And from the from uh, this, that is happened now in the late 60s and the 70s, most of the time in the 70s we spent in the West building running fence, valley curtain. And from the Western project, Western area project, I'm more and more most fascinating in New York City was the people. Not so much the people, not so much the buildings. That the people walk so much in Manhattan. They're walking, walking. In the mid-70s, we were thinking to do project involving the walkways, literally walkways, but probably we'll never get permission to do anything in the walkways because they're so complicated, the traffic jams, people walk. And the only place when the people walk casually is in the park. But we try to find a park who is totally artificial, totally man-made, entirely man-made, it totally uh, cut for any natural forms. This is why choose Central Park, because Central Park is entirely man-made park, all artificial, all framed by the 100 city blocks, rectangular shape, surrounded by stone wall and onto to the very regulated space. All that was the perfect example where the people walk, and Central Park was place to walk. This is how the genesis of the gates come. This is why the the gates, they are not arches, but they are gates, because the actually this 100 rectangular footprint of 100 city blocks is the gates. Where the branches of the tree moving in the wind all the time, very whimsically, a serpentine character of the walkway is the fabric, moving in all directions, all directions. Now, the way how Central Park is surrounded with this enormous contrast between the geometry in the, all the city blocks around, the construction of Central Park, the way he enters to Central Park is not like Hyde Park in London, you can walk from the street, you need to find the uh, opening, all that. This is why we have that module who create that the dynamics who come from this artificial, very urban space, entirely man-made space. And this is why it's urban project. Now, the Miami project is a different story, but the project in Paris also, the, each project has its own story. For example, why we wrap the pond of this is another story, the Reichstag is another story, but each project has its own origin. Yes. Hi, um, I just want to say you're such an inspiration to me, you and Jean-Claude, and I really admire your stamina. And personally, I was I was really frustrated maybe last year because it was taking three or four years to make a project, and then I watched all your documentaries, and I thought, oh well, it only took them 25 years to do that. Maybe I should be a little more patient. Could you 
tell us how you maintain your sense of purpose and direction with so much rejection and taking decades to realize these visions that you're clearly very passionate about? First thing to start, and over 50 years, Jean-Claude and myself, we realized 22 projects and we failed to get permission for 37. <laughs> You see, they're not the uh, easy way, you know. Some project we have refusal, like the Reichstag or, or the Ponov, we like to do it. Some project we have refusal and we don't like to do it anymore. That is pure, uh, pure, our decision is our, if we don't like to do it, why should do it? If we lost the interest. Of course, there's no way. Now, some projects take a long time, not because of the permission. The, explaining the case of the over the river. Over the river was interrupted twice. And the late midnight is to finish project we start many years before Berlin. We cannot do, we cannot do uh, two projects simultaneously, except now. I am end, I'm 78 years old, almost. I have not luxuriously to keep these two projects one after one. We're, right now, never Jean-Claude and myself work so much simultaneously on two projects right now. But because we're not very young. But with the over project, we stopped for two, two and a half, three years in the mid-90s. Again, we stopped for over the river project in early 2000 when we have a chance to do the gates. This is why they have a span. Some project, you should understand the Reistech project takes us 25 years, but we're not only working on the Reistech. We're working in the running fans, we're working in the Pono, we're working on Surrounded Island. We work in many projects simultaneously, but one project is, con uh, when project is ready to happen, we concentrate our thoughts. There no, there no recipe how to, 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 to do that, except to be in good health, you know. I can tell you, I, I eat full raw garlic a day <laughs> and a, a huge amount of yogurt. <laughs> I, yes, sir, the gentleman here. I have a moment. question. Uh, 20 years, three or four mayors in New York City. You, now, do you wait them out and wear them down, or do you have to compromise as you progress through these different stages of design? If I compromise. You, do you have to, or do you just stay No, no, no way. <laughs> no way. I can tell you inside story, even the people here, I can tell you inside story, but I can reveal it. <laughs> One, uh, when, you know, when I can say, I can say that. Okay, I can, I can say something. I can tell you a lovely story because in your crowd, Washington crowd, you should know that. You know, uh, it's very important, probably you do not know that the Department of Interior, who is a very lucrative interior, enormous power in the United States, have no regulation how they should rent or use the land to the different people in the United States. Curiously enough, conservative president of the United States, Richard Nixon, in 1969, designed National Environmental Policy Act, which is a huge law, who ex explained how the land owned by the American citizen should be rented, used for mining, oil company, ranching, building highway bridges, etc. And that law is very complex, but one of these, to get permission, you go to environmental assessment, who is the lower case. Environmental impact statement, like us, is the higher case. This is the only work of art ever have environmental impact statement. Now, when the, that environmental impact statement draft was published, by the law, the United States federal government is obliged to have an alternative. 
alternative that if you build highway, alternative will be there, alternative will be there. But the law obliged to be alternative, of course there was the, uh, our project is 5.9 miles, can be four miles, can be three miles. And of course the opposition asked United States uh, uh, speaker, uh, the co uh, press conference, why don't have an alternative? And the speaker tell, I know, because if the alternative, he will not do it. <laughs> I'm just uh, curious, why the United Arab Emirates and why your last final standing, no, 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 no. The, the one that won't be taken why down? Yes. Okay. You know, I, I was not blind. I was not, we don't choose the site of our project putting our finger on the maps like that. No. <laughs> uh, 19, <coughs> late 60s, 67, 68. We have a great friend, a great American, uh, French-American collector, Jean Dominique Dominil, in Texas, and they was very excited to help us to develop that project between Galveston and Houston and Texas area. We have we see little drawings, small must have never happened. After that, because the Rijksmuseum Kroll Müller is the biggest collector in Europe of early works. They like to have a mastaba and their grounds. They have a beautiful garden for sculptures. We also don't get permission. Now, this is 1972. In 1972, New York became friendly with the French ambassador to United Nations, Monsieur de Guirangon. And Monsieur de Guirangon was art collector. He came to our place. He looked at the sketches for the mastaba of Texas, mastaba of Holland. He said, but you will never have a chance. You know, you should go to a place very young, very dynamic, just nation was created now, 1972, called United Arab Emirates. I don't know, slightest, Jean-Claude myself have a slightest idea what is that. He's in Abu Dhabi somewhere near the Gulf. And of course, I start to collect information, paper, photographs, ta -ta -ta, make drawings, but we don't have an idea how to go there. There was no way to go there. Uh, when Giscard d'Estaing was elected president of France, he nominated our friend, Monsieur de Guirango, foreign secretary of France. And when he became foreign secretary of France, Jean-Claude called, Louis, we'd like to go to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Because to go to Abu Dhabi, you need to be invited to organize that time. This is why in 1979, we arrived in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> there was a very few people, very few people who know about Abu Dhabi. And that's, we established this long relation. We love return back. It's something, you know, there are many uh, uh, chance and looks. I can tell you, if Mrs. Susmut was not elected speaker of the house of the German parliament, the Reichstag would never be up. If Mr. Bloomberg, was not elected mayor of New York City, we will never do the gates. And this is all this historical circumstance that has happened, and of course, our biggest capital now is that for all the Emirati that we were there before everybody else. We are there that nobody knows where is Abu Dhabi. And of course, we have friends already from that time, and we make new friends, and it's a very complex project, but it's, again, is the long process, and is going through all these different stages. Other question? The young lady. We have a, we have a few seconds more. Yeah. But I speak loudly, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, you seem to have. It, it, the bar gets higher every time you finish something. So my question is beyond building the largest sculpture in the world, anything bigger in mind? Well, we just do it. Okay. We 
just did it, the larger indoor sculpture in the world. Yes, it's the uh, almost 300 feet tall, 100 feet diameter inside museum. And it's done by air. 177,000 cubic meter of air, not normal air, like here, 0 0.27 Pascal, 200,000 square feet of fabric, uh, uh, 2,000 square feet of fabric, 20,000 square meter, 200,000 square feet of fabric, and two and a half miles of rope. This is a sculpture just done in the Museum of Germany, inside installation, is the inside museum. They know inside sculpture like at any museum in the world. Actually, that sculpture is not only, cannot be seen from outside. You can see it from outside only to elevators and that huge atrium which is only about 15 feet from the skin of that rapid big package, but you can see it from inside. It's another story. <laughs> well, why have you decided the Mastaba should be a permanent I always, the question is why the Mastaba should be permanent. The Mastaba was always permanent project. Permanent project is like a large sculpture, and if it happen, will be the largest sculpture in the world. They're nothing, nothing bigger like that. His sculpture is not a building nor anything. It's so spectacular, even inside it's so spectacular because the, it's not dark. The barrels, the distance between the barrels is like enormous light inside. The tunnel, half a kilometer to go inside. Of course, the privilege can go inside. And of course, it would be very much like a Eiffel Tower, need to be maintenance, repent, and all this. Actually, all the barrels, they're standard barrels, 55 gallon barrels, Rolls Royce barrels. There, it will be fabricated on the side, and actually the colors is better than the colors of Mercedes-Benz and BMW. All this, the same company who did the colors for BMW. All this is part of the, right now we have the structural engineer who designed the, all the parts, how the project physically should be built. Yes? Did you ever consider it work in Washington, D.C.? Uh, uh, no, but it's not impossible, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, yes, sir. So, um, the Over the River project is scheduled for August of this year? No, Next now, year? Good, good question, because nobody asked me, where is the Over the River? Now, the, why, what is the Over the River? I tell you that uh, Secretary of Interior on November 2011 gave record of decision that to go ahead with the project. Like, but all our project, we have people against and people for. And people against the project, they make many, many uh, appeal. Their one appeal is called Interior Board, Land Board, Interior Land Board. Close. Close, Interior Land Board, who is the three very especially appointed people in the Department of Interior to review all decision of the Department of Interior. And that Interior Land Board not yet decided to stop the project or not to stop the project. That, but of course, to sue the federal government is a lot of money, a lot of very complicated. And the opposition, the people against the project, they was very clever. They go to University of Colorado to a law professor who have environmental law clinic, and the professor of University of Colorado created federal uh, sue United States federal government in Washington, who, class case, why the United States federal government give us permission. Now we are in federal court. And there another uh, uh, sue against the decision of state of Colorado in the state court. There are three 
cases against the over the river project. It's not new for us. You know, a running fence project will also have the same problem. The running fence project we were sued in the lower court and we lost in the mid-70s, terribly. But fortunately, the appellate court of San Francisco is very progressive, is very, uh, very active, and we win an appellate court of San Francisco in 1975. This is why the project was in 76. When we did surround the town in Miami, again, the opposition tried to stop installation of the pink fabric in the bay. But they come too late, and the fabric was already arriving to be surrounded around the islands. And I remember vividly the federal judge was Lauren Kings, appointed by Jimmy Carter. He said, But he cannot stop him. That man already spent money to build, to install this fabric. If something goes wrong, anyways, he said he will remove it. He will remove it. This is why uh, we let, he let us do install the pink fabric of the surrounded island. But we're in the case like that. We cannot do anything before. That three cases they resolve. And the project is, need, we need 28 months to do over the river project. Meaning that, I don't know, you understand, we need to install near 9,000 anchors in a very special place, hydraulically driven. And we can do it only in the late spring, summer, and early autumn. Because up there, the east entrance of the project is a 1,000, 5,800 feet altitude, and the west entrance is 2,000, uh, 200 feet altitude during the winter time. It's no, we cannot do anything on the land. Basically, we can only work late spring, summer, and early autumn for two years for the anchors, and finally arrive to the year of the exhibition. Basically, two and a half years we need time. 28 months, 30 months. Yes? Yeah, uh, such an amount of time and work and planning goes into your projects. How do you feel about their impermanence, the fact that they're there for such a short amount of time and then they're taken down? Uh, you know, the most important thing, this project, when they realize, even myself and Jean-Claude, we can own them. We cannot own them. Because they really a total freedom. I think all our projects, they're totally irrational, totally useless. The world can live without Valle-Cartier, nothing will change. They have no reason to exist. Only me, Jean-Claude, like to have them, and some few friends. <laughs> of course... <laughs> This is the, well, the power of this project. There, with there no justification, and of course, they cannot be bought. Nobody can own them because to buy is to cut the freedom. This is why they should go. Nobody can own them. And this is why the essence of this project is the freedom. They are so big, so impossible that they should go. Have a follow-up to that. Um, so, as a child, I grew up in Miami Beach, and I remember seeing the surrounded islands, which were beautiful and magical. And every time we drove across the causeway, would pop out and try to see them. Um, so, thank you for that. My follow-up is. How do you decide on the length of time that you're actually going to have them? So I know there's environmental concerns or permitting concerns. Yeah. But probably, probably Jean-Claude will see. Uh, we cannot be so egoistic to keep it only for one week because we let the people to have another book to decide it, to come to see it. Uh, and of course, you should understand, all these projects also, they're extremely expensive during the exhibition time. You don't understand what's the meaning of this project. We literally renting the land. We pay $3 million rent to the city of New York to own Central Park for three months. And all the services, from the police, to the cleaning, 
to watch. All is on our shoulder. With the Umbrellas project, we have a battery of Highway Patrol California. It was the payroll was half a million dollars a day. You know, no, really. You know, this, all these things, they involve monitors keeping the project and all the movement, security, all these things. And of course, it's, it's very draining, but, that, but that created urgency that to be seen tomorrow will be gone. And it's a very exciting, very beautiful part that they don't become boring. They're there, after two weeks they're gone, never again. Never again, you know. All the time we receive <laughs> letters, for example, after the gates, we have so many letters from mayor of the city around the world, come bring you gates in my park. <laughs> there will be no other gates, like no other surrounded island. <laughs> Okay, okay, madam. I was in the Bay Area during the entire running fence from beginning to end. Oh. And I remember your saying in some newspaper article that for you, the getting permission, working with the farmer, it was all such an integral part of the process. And hearing you tonight, I wonder, did you ever think of doing something and think, oh, that would be too easy? <laughs> I can tell you, I'm 78 years old. I'm not masochist, you know. I will, uh, I cannot believe it, what problem we have with over the river. My dear, I would like to have a note of this problem. We have difficulty with the master, we have a note of any problem. There was no way, there no way we try to hire very wise, very intelligent people to help us. It cannot, it cannot be other way. This is the, the because, you know, the, it's very complicated. The, the things we do, they're never done before. You know, when you architect, you like to build a bridge, it will be a little twisted, but we have a bridge. They can put you in the bridge house built or skyscraper. But this project, they're never done, there's no reference and the permitting paper, and they need to find it. And it's bureaucratically so complicated, the same way is so much uh, going uh, of uh, public knowledge, and it's very, also a lot of, lot of uh, uh, complex relation to people understand. I, I can give you uh, uh, many examples, but we have a brilliant lawyers to help us, but they give you the greatest example. United States federal government, or BLM, will not give us permission if the congressional delegation of state Colorado support the project. Now, meaning that two senators and five congressmen. I vividly remember that was during the uh, Bush administration, I think, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, not yet Obama. Uh, Obama, probably, anyway. And, and uh, the, the Beginning of Obama. Now, our project, we have two senators and five congressmen, and our project is in the uh, um, uh, jurisdiction of the very uh, right-wing Republican congressman. And I remember we have great lawyers to help us to move to the, all the tunnels in Washington, make presentation to the senator congressman. I, I remember arriving to the congressman from who our project is situated, and I tell him, but I cannot believe, I explain what's over the river, that he can refuse $50 million private stimulus package. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why, because this is the money come from us. There's no federal money, no anything. Money from the higher workers working there. Yes, madam. Typically, how are these projects funded? And secondly, what happens to all that fabric when one of your projects comes down? Okay, okay how I start... 
the question. And it's not only fabric. There are enormous, very, very valuable industrial materials. The fabric is the less expensive part. There's steel, aluminum, poles, and we always, when we start to build a project off-site, all this material, already we work with the company that they will buy back the project or they will be finding a way to buy back. For example, I'll give you a perfect example. For the gas project, we need to buy 5,000 tons of steel. You don't have idea what is 5,000. It's the two-thirds of the steel of Eiffel Tower. Now, this 5,000 tons of steel was 15,000 uh, uh, bases for the gates. When we negotiated with the Pittsburgh Steel Company, they was very eager to buy the steel from us. And actually, we make money because the Chinese need so much steel and we resell the steel back to the steel company. The fabric, the same thing. The fabric of the rice stack, who was the most thickest fabric we used, was shredded and prepared for the um, fabric material used under the carpet. They, before put the carpet, put the special artificial material. Basically, all the material, all the material hardware, fabric, ropes, all they are going in industrial recycling. For example, the wrap of Australia was wrapped with a fabric called erosion control mesh. It's very loose, loose, loosely woven polypropylene, who is huge, uh, fabricated in a huge width and widely used for the farmers and South Pacific area when they have typhoon and strong winds. The farmers put that fabric over the soil and the crops can grow. After the remove the fabric of the prep cost. The fabric go exactly for the use of agricultural purposes and the farmers they use. This is very common things like that. The first, what's the first question? The funding. Uh, the funding, okay. The funding uh, is the, well, I tell you in the color slides that I draw with my own hands drawings or actually that storefront I build with my own hands in Chelsea Hotel and we sell these original works of art I do about the project before they realize. There's sketches, collages, drawings, scale models, also early packages, objects. We're the biggest collector of our works because we don't have a dealer, and in 50 years we have so much art that we have our own conservatory, we have our own principal storage in Basel, Switzerland, we have a lot of art. But I too, because we are a capitalist society here, I try to explain it. All these projects, they're built by corporation. Non-non-profit corporations, normal profit corporation called holding company called CVG, my initial corporation, and New York, Delaware. When that corporation built project, he go to Berlin and created subsidiary, Reistab Corporation or Paris Corporation, umbrellas in Japan and California. And that corporation only paid the bills of making of the project, the money firm from CVG Corporation. CVG Corporation worked like any company in the United States or around the world who work with banks. And we have a banks who believe in our work, and we have each time where we go to do the project, we have a banks that we have a standby credit line. Because in the art world, the collectors and museum, they are notoriously slow payers. <laughs> I cannot say to our workers that we cannot pay them on Friday because Mr. Smith, who bought, don't pay yet. This is why we have that card. By the way, because we are very here, after the gates, we have a call for Harvard Business School. Now, Harvard Business School, 
Such they teach by cases. The case of Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and Harvard Business School did case of Christophe Jean-Claude that to see how our project they finance. They talk to our bankers, they talk to our suppliers, etc. Their case, you can go to the website, Christophe Jean-Claude case, very articulate how the money come in, out, and from Harvard Business School. Very informative of the financing of the project. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, when you work on uh, levels of, of things that are perhaps the, perhaps the most grandest and the, the most uh, imperial of all scales, uh, I wonder, uh, how do you respond to, to critics or, or, or people that have looked at your work and the ideas that you've had and that say that you're megalomaniacal or that you want everything or you want too much? And then as an addendum to that, maybe when will you and Jean-Claude uh, consider putting something into intergalactic space or <laughs> above us all? Okay. okay, we have a call many years ago from NASA, Jean-Claude, to do something, to give little things, you know, when they're flying up there. And I, Jean-Claude, tell, when you have people there, more people probably will come. <laughs> Other questions? Yes. Do you have a favorite project? <laughs> now, this is again an old jungle, Madame, how many children do you have? <laughs> <laughs> all our projects like child of us, you know. And actually, we always like to visiting the site. And we know we were, for example, last time we were in Australia, just before Jean-Claude passed away in 2007, and we arrived in Little Bay, Jean-Claude was looking that big, cliffs, 85 feet tall cliffs and South Pacific Ocean with the sharks. And I remember dislocate my shoulder, wrapping the boulders. Jean-Claude tell, we will be totally nuts Try to wrap that coastline with the wind, but we were younger and we climbed there and do the project in 1969. Okay, I think. Thank you, thank you very much.